Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for the blessings of the Sabbath. We thank You for this season. We thank You, Father, that families can come together. And we want to ask, Father God, that Your Holy Spirit can come into the sanctuary. We pray, Father God, that this morning uh, we can continue, Lord, seeking You. That Christmas may not just be the time to say, oh, well, you know, this is the time that we need to seek Jesus, but every day may it be a day to seek Jesus. We thank you, Father. We want to pray right now. Open our hearts and minds as we listen to this message, Father God. May the message be straight from you and may it fill our hearts. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Let everybody say, Amen. Amen. I want to start out with a little story. You know, a woman takes her 16-year-old daughter to the doctor. The doctor says, Okay, Mrs. Jones, what is the problem? Mother says, It's my daughter, Darla. She keeps getting these cravings. She's putting on weight. And is sick most mornings. The doctor gives Darla a good examination, turns to the mother and says, well, I don't know how to tell you this, but your daughter is pregnant. About four months would be my guess. The mother says, pregnant? She can't be. She never even been left alone with a man. Have you, Darla? Well, no, mother. I've never even kissed a man. The doctor walked over to the window and just stares out at it. About five minutes pass, and finally the mother says, Is there something wrong out there, doctor? The doctor replies, Well, no, not really. It's just that the last time anything like this happened, a star appeared in the east. And three wise men came over the hill. There's no way I'm going to miss it this time. Well, she replied, Well, my daughter being pregnant, a virgin birth, I can believe. The star appearing in the east, I can believe. But three wise men? Three men that are wise. I don't think so. You know, and this story, obviously it tells us everything about what's going on in this season, my friends. But today, as I'm unpacking all of this, you know, and I'm already doing it, by the way, right? (laughs) I'm actually doing this for a purpose because I do have a little prop here. But see, today, I'm going to tie this all in. Today, my friends, if you were to go, for example, to the bank, if you were to go to the airport, if you were to go and show who you were, you need a certain something to show them. You know, I mean, uh, this day and age, we use uh, our driver's license. Let me see. This one says, Pombo Jaime Esteban 394... No, that's my address. I'm not going to give it away. Let me see. Date of birth, March 6, 1982. Uh, safe driver. Okay. Expiration, 2027. Height, 5'9". Weight, none of your business. <laughs> you know, we show these ID cards as we go to the bank. We show these ID cards as we want to make a transaction, if we're going to go to the airport. And this is to show who we are, and where we come from. Back in the day, they didn't have these little pieces of plastic. Back in the day, my friends, they had something a little more complicated. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to start in the the first verses. Matthew chapter 1. 
And in verse 1, if you have your Bibles there, say praise the Lord. says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. See, back then, my friends, a genealogy was your ID card. A genealogy was what proved who you were. You know, it's kind of a complicated word, you know. I mean, today the genealogy is something equivalent to Ancestry.com. You know, we, uh, we go, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever tried those packages where they just send it to you and I think you're supposed to do like a little tongue sample or something. Anybody ever done that here? Okay. Does that work? Okay. I'll take your word for it. Good stuff. I might try it, actually. We'll see how it goes. But, you know, back in the day, my friends, you know, the genealogical tree, obviously it's comprised of your relatives, and at the end of the day, back then and today, all of us go back to one person. Does anybody know which that person is? It was Adam, right? At the end of the day, everybody came from Adam, but... See, back in the day in Israel, it was important to have your ID card, your genealogy. Without your genealogy, you can't prove who you were, you cannot, uh, or, or where you came from. But back in the day, your genealogical tree was your ID. And back then, my friends, you thought, if you thought that you had the right to an inheritance, authorities would ask you, okay, well, who are your relatives? Who are you? Where do you come from? What town, what province, etc., etc. And back in the day, everyone wanted David and Abraham to be in their genealogical tree. Everybody with me so far? Now, what does this have to do with me? See, belonging to the genealogical tree of Adam is something that we all are just naturally coming into. But see, when we look at Jesus' genealogy, in verse 2, everybody come with, everybody read with me, just follow me here. I know that genealogies can be kind of boring, but just follow me, and I promise that there is a point here. Number 2, it says, Abraham begot Isaac, this is obviously after Adam, Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob begot Judah and his brothers, Judah begot Perez and Sarah by Tamar, Perez begot Hezron and Hezron begot Ram. Let's go ahead and stop right there and skip to verse 6. Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon, begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. So Solomon begot Rehoboam, Rehoboam begot Abijah, and Abijah begot Asa, etc., etc., etc. And then skip to verse 15. Eliud begot Eleazar, Eleazar begot Mathan, Mathan begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. So today, today my friends, it would sound something like this if it was myself. You know, it was, uh, you know, Jaime, myself, son of Jaime, son of Alberto, son of... And that's actually as far as I can go, personally. But the point is, is that knowing where you come from was important to know where you were going. All of us here, okay, all of us here naturally fall into the genealogy of Adam, okay? Now, as we're looking at the genealogies, my friend, I have to tell you this. Adam came and he brought originally a genealogy of life. 
sin came into the world, and that genealogy become, became the genealogy of death. So in other words, sin and death came to the world through Adam. Now we have the genealogy of Jesus. The genealogy of Jesus is a genealogy of life. Salvation and life came to the world through Jesus. So, my friends, it's very simple. In order to become, or in order to be part of the genealogy of Adam, all you have to do is be born. So all of us here are naturally part of Adam's genealogy. Here's the good news. In order to become in the in order to be part of the genealogy of Adam, all you need to be born. In order to be part of the genealogy of Christ, you need to be born again. When we look at the genealogical tree, I can't even say that word, I'm butchering, I'm so sorry. Whenever we look at the genealogical tree of Jesus, my friends, we find hope. Because even in his genealogy, we actually see people that you wonder why they're even there. Because Jesus was actually related to an adulterer. Jesus was related to a prostitute. Jesus was related to a liar. And then all of a sudden comes to this part where Joseph and Mary conceived this virgin birth and Jesus is all of a sudden a part of it. But yet that's the genealogy that people wanted to belong to. In order to become part of Adam's genealogy, all you have to do is be born physically. But in order to become part of Jesus' genealogy, what you need to do is to be born spiritually. See, one of the things, my friends, that we need to understand is that all of us, we are born with a sinful nature. We are born with a nature that likes to fight. We are born with a nature that likes to be right. We are born with a nature that likes to instigate. We are born with a nature, my friends, that likes to do what is wrong. And because of that, my friends, when the whole plan of salvation came along... God was saying, listen, they've made their choice. But in that selfish choice, in that sinful choice, I still want to give them another option. I still want to give them another hope. I still want to give them something that they can hold on to. And that's why he said, I want to give them Christ. Because here's the deal, my friends. God didn't have to do that. He could have just said, oh, you know what, Adam and Eve? You screwed up the whole plan? Fine, have it your way. Jesus says, no, 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 no. They messed up. But I am here to redeem them. Jesus said, you know what, I'm going to take my chances because even if it means that one person, even if it means that one person accepts the sacrifice that I'm going to make, then it's going to be totally worth it. Even if it means that one person says, Lord, let me come to you as I am, because I know that I am a wretched individual. Jesus says that in itself is worth it. In order to become part of Adam's genealogy, all you need to do is be born physically. But in order to become part of Jesus' genealogy, 
All you need to do is be born spiritually. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, we love this promise, my friends. And this is something that we need to keep claiming. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, old things have become new. And I kind of want to unpack that just a little bit, my friends. Does this mean, my friends, that whenever we accept Christ into our lives, whenever we went to get baptized, whenever we uh, decided, hey, I'm going to publicly declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, does that mean that my old sinful nature is gone? Let me ask you one question. How many of you here has that worked for you? Because as far as I know, I think we all still struggle, don't we? We struggle as husbands. We struggle as wives. We struggle as families. We're not flexible with each other. We don't love each other how God told us to love each other. We don't do the things that God wants us to do. God is saying if the new creation happens every single day. We go out, my friends, into, you know, out the door, out the window, and I'm going to tell you something, I am guilty of this as well. But God is saying to me, listen, I still am working with you. We wake up, the first thing that we do when we wake up is go look at our phones. We like to see what's the latest Facebook trend. We like to see what the news is about. We like to see what is going on out there, which by the way, my friends, how many of you have ever heard somebody say, I love watching the news because of the outcome it has? You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm talking, I mean, seriously, every time, you know, my, my wife and I, we don't even watch that much to me, but whenever we watch the news, it's like, oh man, somebody killed this other person and a little girl happened, you know, I don't want to go into all the details of all that, but you know what I mean, a car crash happened and then a tornado storm is happening, you know, maybe, maybe sometimes because just because we're in Florida, the only time that the news is good is when they put the weather. And even then, you know, oh, it's going to be sunny, yeah, 100% humidity, amen to that. And so because of that, my friends, we just like to, for some reason, our, our, our hearts are attracted to all these things that for some reason it leaves us empty. We feel entitled in some ways to, some, you know, to, our, to our behaviors. God is saying, no, 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 I want you to give all of that to me. Because without me, and I'm not saying this because, you know, I'm trying to be arrogant, and, you know, God trying to be arrogant, but without me, without Him, we are absolutely nothing. You cannot parent correctly if you don't have Jesus in your heart. You cannot husband correctly if you don't have Jesus in your heart. You, don't have, you can't wife correctly if you don't have Jesus in your heart, my friends. Every morning, every morning, my friends, every single morning, we need to, especially as 2020 is coming through, you know, we don't need to necessarily wait to, for 2020 to make these New Year's resolutions, but I'm going to tell you something, every single day we can choose to put God first. Matthew 6.33 is one of my favorite promises. You guys probably know it with me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Let me stop right there. It says, seek ye what? Seek ye first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and then all these things shall be added unto you. You want patience? Be careful. But you want peace in your heart? 
seek God first. You want a better relationship with your husband? Seek God first. You want a better relationship with your wife? Seek God first. Let me tell you, the wretchedness of our human hearts knows no limits. And that is why naturally we belong to the genealogy of Adam. God is saying, yes, you do. That's the way that you are. But that's not the way that I want to leave you. I want to give you something not just good, but I want to give you something better. When Adam sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned, he told them, you shall surely die. When they disobeyed God, did they, did they die? Did they die immediately? No, they didn't die immediately, my friends. See, the devil, there is a devil out there who sometimes we give him way too much credit. But there is a devil out there that wants to destroy every single one of us here. He wants to destroy the family. He wants to destroy our schools. He wants to destroy our church. We sometimes think that because we worship God, that things are just going to be great from now on. And we preach some nonsense prosperity gospel. No. Jesus says, pick up your cross. Crosses are heavy, my friends. And in this world, something like preaching the gospel, I'm going to warn you right now, it's going to be messy. Because we belong to the genealogy of Adam. We have a devil that wants to destroy every single one of us. He wants to see us suffer. He would be doing us a favor if he killed us instantly. Through Adam, my friends, death came into this world. And since then, all of us are born into this genealogy of death. We are born condemned. But then comes the Lord Jesus Christ, bringing his genealogy of life and even though we naturally belong to the genealogy of death, now we have the option, the possibility, the open door, the choice to pass to the genealogy of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something. This is not really for everybody, and don't get scared when I say that. This is for the one that believes. John 3.16 for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, what? Shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm not here to just give you life. I want to give it more abundantly. I want to give you a better quality of life. I want to give you something better, my friends. Church does not need to be something that you come with a pouty face because you barely made it through the week. I'm going to tell you something. God wants to give you quality of life every single day of your life. God says, hey, I am here because the option is here. Some of you, my friends, maybe grew up in the church and you don't even question the fact that God believes. In some ways, that's good. But I'm going to tell you right now, there is far more proof of God existing and, and being in, in all of us than there is, what you call it, scientists saying that there isn't. And I'm going to tell you right now that God is constantly working in every single one of our hearts. But God is saying, I cannot work in your heart if you don't let me. God is also saying, I want to bless you so bad. 
I really want to bless you so bad. Your actions themselves also are blocking me from blessing you. Because I can't bless you if you're full of pride. There's no room for me there. You're so full of it already. I can't bless you if you don't have this relationship with me. And that includes so many things. That includes finances. That includes your job. That includes everything. Everything should belong to God. John 3.16, God so loved the world that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus' sacrifice doesn't work for everybody. It works for those that accept it. Now you might be asking yourself, well, is there hope for me? Is there still hope for me? I've been coming to church for 37, 38, 39, 50 plus years. Is there still hope? You know, there was a man that when Jesus was saying His last words on the cross... He simply took all his pride out and he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, this very day I assure you that you will be with me in paradise. Throughout history, mankind has been divided into these groups. In order to be part of Adam's genealogy, we have to be born. But in order to be part of Jesus' genealogy, we need to be born again. In order to be part of Adam's genealogy, you need to be born physically. And in order to be part of Jesus' genealogy, you need to be born spiritually. Not just once, but every single day. If something is not going right, my friends, in your life, God says, come here, bring it to me. I will give you 